0: This guy runs out to the curb, I'm driving on a familiar route, and he's flagging me down. And I make eye contact with him, so I I didn't wanna just blow past him, so I just pulled over. And in just a couple seconds, I'm gonna tell you what happened when I did. You're listening to 7-Minute Stories with Aaron Califato. This is Season 4. So I rolled down the window, and this guy goes, I'm Graham. I said, I'm Aaron. And he said, Aaron, do you know where the nearest hardware store is? I kind of, like, in my brain laughed a little bit. I'm like, dude, why don't you just look this up, you know? We got phones and stuff. And just as I thought that, he goes... You know, I'm not a really big fan of smartphones and technology and stuff like that. So I, I just needed to know because I moved to town just recently and I'm fixing up this house. And I said, yeah, there's a hardware store. I said, you know where the town square is? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, "If it's right on the town square. I said, there's other corporate places you could go to, but I would head there. It's in walking distance, not too far from here. And he said, Aaron, thanks so much. I said, no problem, Graham. And I drove off. And the funny thing is, The house that Graham was fixing up, that he was standing in front of, it appeared to be one of these places, and anyone that lives in a small town can understand this. Think of it like on the commercial side with businesses. There's always that one business, that one building that never can stay in business. No matter what goes in there, no matter who's there, no matter who's running it, maybe once every 25 years you get a forward-thinking entrepreneur and they can turn it around, but it's very rare. And it just, it's almost like the building itself is cursed. Well, if you take that example and you apply it to a residential house, Graham was standing in front of one of these houses. This house had such a bad history. Here's just a couple of things that I know about it. As long as I've been alive, I knew that the owner that was there when I was a kid, had a terrible, just depressed life, and he took his own life in the house. When this happens, something happens to a home. This is just what I feel. Something, I don't know if it's psychological in terms of those of us who view the home and think about what happened there, or when you walk into a house where something like this has happened, something bad, something tragic, right? It doesn't even have to be bad. It has to be something really sad, it feels like the house kind of holds that energy. You know what I mean? And I never went into this house, but every time I drove past it, early on in my life, I mean, when I was in the car, I was a kid, I wasn't driving, but I'm in the car. We're driving past this house. And I could just go, whoo, like I could feel something's off. So that happened with the previous owner. And it was always those, it was always one of those houses where you drove by and you're like, oh yeah, my house. Uh, too bad. It's unfortunate. It's a cautionary tale. And then I knew that someone new had moved in. And I found out that the family that moved in, one of their kids, his name was Ron, went to my school. So I go to school with one of the kids from the new family that moves into this really sad house. And this kid, Ron, I don't know if it was the house or just bad luck, but his family was dysfunctional. I mean, I remember he got beat on. This is, I remember seeing his dad like hit him when he would pick him up from school sometimes. And from then on, Ron walked home and and, and Ron and I walked home together. And I remember he just was disheveled, you know, always dirty cavities in his teeth and just had a mean streak in him that wasn't. His fault. I could, I felt that it it happened. Whatever was going on in that house with his family had an effect on him. And Ron and I got in a fight after school one time. I remember just punching Ron in the face like, literally punching this guy in the face. And he kept coming forward like it didn't affect him. Every time I punched Ron in the face, it's like he had taken so many hits that he's like a piece of iron. I lost the fight, never fought him again because you can't beat someone like that in a fight. You know, if they've they've been to the other side of the mountain in that way, you know what I'm saying? But Ron lived in that house and his family. And so they kind of continued this feeling, this energy. And then I went away to college and blah, blah, blah. And I left for many years. And then I come back to my hometown. Coincidentally, serendipitously, whatever. And now I'm running these same streets again. I'm driving down these streets and I see the house. And I'm wondering who lives there now. And that's when Graham flagged me. Now, the thing that's been in my head is, is Graham just working on the house? Does he live in the house? Is it his home? Is he just flipping the house? But I felt for him because he seemed like a really nice guy. But I wasn't sure if this house was going to consume Graham. So I just would periodically drive by it. I would make sure and pay attention when I drove by. And I started noticing some things. One time I drive by and Graham's digging in the yard. Next time I drive by, he's got flowers on the porch. He's planting flowers in the yard. Next time I drive by, the grass is greener. It's like fertilize the grass. Next time I drive by, he's fixing the roof. Next time I drive by, he's fixed the windows, replaced them. The windows are so clean and clear and bigger now. He keeps them wide open. You could see the sunlight through the back window and it almost comes through the entire home and sprays out every window. Maybe it's just the weather, the times I'm passing this house, but it's beautiful. Next time I drive by, I see Graham just sitting out on the porch, drinking a nice tea, living his best life. So I pull over, I rolled down my window, and it's been a year since I saw him the first time. And I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but about a year ago, you asked me about the hardware store. You were looking for some tools, you were new to town. He goes, oh yeah, what's your name again? I said, Aaron, you're Graham, right? Yeah. I said, Graham, you mind if I ask you, is this your house or are you just flipping it? Because you've done an amazing job. And he looks at me and he kind of nods his head and says, home sweet home. And I said, you have a good one. He goes, you too, Aaron takes a sip of his iced tea. It's like a movie. I drive off. And, you know, he did it, you know, with a little bit of hard work every single day, making progress every single day, the consistency of moving in the right direction every single day over time, over the span of a year. He took this seemingly irredeemable house And he literally transformed it. And now when I drive by, I don't shudder. I keep an eye out for Graham, sitting on the front porch of his beautiful home. Seven Minute Stories is created and performed by Aaron Califato. Our senior audio engineer is Ken Went. Our resident artist is Pete Whitehead. Original music by T.J. Duke. If you or your company needs help starting a podcast, Aaron and Ken's company, Valley View, does just that. Reach out to them at valleyview.fm. Special thanks to our partners at Evergreen Podcasts, and I'm Corey Burse. Make sure to tune in next week for another story.